0: this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covicious, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote this epistle, this letter to Timothy who was a young man, a young minister. This was, in fact, Apostle Paul's last letter that he wrote before his death. And for those of you who don't know, all of the apostles were martyred, except for John, who wrote the book of Revelation. All of them were martyred, killed and because of the message they preached. A message that the world doesn't want to hear. He starts by saying that in the last days, perilous times shall come. The term Sudden Adult Death Syndrome was first coined in Singapore in 1977, when over 300 young people had died unex- unexpectedly in a one building. And they used the term Sudden Adult Death Syndrome to explain what happened. In July 2022, the European Union published a report, and it's on their website, that shows showing an increase in deaths on average across Europe of 16% a week. In the month of July 2022, there was an excess of deaths of 53,000 alone across Europe. Individually, from the highest, Spain in July had an uh, excessive death of 37%. Greece, 31%. Portugal, 28%. Cyprus, 35%. Italy, 25%. Germany, 15%. Norway, 15%. France, 14%. And the United Kingdom, 14%. So the trend in 2022 is that all of these Western countries are experiencing experiencing an excess of deaths which is unexplained. And so they use that term that was first coined in Singapore in 1977, sudden adult death. Syndrome. <clears throat> the Office for National Statistics in the United Kingdom actually records more data. You know, in this country they like to capture data. A lot. The data in the, in, on the Office of National Statistics website, all of this information I'm talking about is online. On their website, they go into a bit more detail as to the possible causes of these deaths. So for the UK alone, they have recorded that from the postmortem mortem autopsies, most of these excessive deaths have been caused by strokes, heart failure, And I can't pronounce this word that well, but it's, I'm going to give it a go. Ischemic heart disease, which basically means when there is not enough blood being supplied to the heart muscle and myocarditis, Inflammation of the heart muscle reducing the ability to pump blood. So... Also, what's quite interesting, the UK has also collects data by, this data of these excessive deaths based on age groupings, and they've found that for the 14% of excessive deaths in the UK, week and it's been consistently 14%, week in, week out, no dip, no dip lower, no spike, 14%. It's been dead straight and the two highest age groups for the excessive deaths in the united kingdom are between one and four years old and 20 to 34 so the babies on one side and then young adults on the other side This has caused such concern that the governments of Denmark and Holland have now stopped vaccines for any person, any young people and definitely not for children. And in the UK, only last week, over 100 healthcare officials went to Downing Street and signed and delivered a letter to Liz Truss, the Prime Minister, to pause the vaccine rollout to healthy children who were in school. All of this would cause the apostles of the Old, Old and the New Testament such consternation to see that the rulers are actually overseeing some causes that is in, that is creating excessive deaths in the youth. But Peter said it best When he wrote his general epistle, he said that judgment begins in the house of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. You know, a minister or the servant of the Lord answers to God. that's what he should do. He's faithful to God. What God tells him, he has to speak. Amen. Amen. He can't speak from his own imagination. He can't speak from his own intellect. He must speak what God tells him alone to speak. He can't add on to it and he can't take away exactly how God has told him to speak, he must speak. But Paul said to Timothy here, in this word, that in these last days, he says this, know, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous, say perilous. perilous. Perilous means dangerous. Dangerous. You know, if you're driving on the motorway and there's an X on the lane or that says, don't go down this road, only someone who com- is completely ignorant will still go down it. Because it's saying down there is danger. Amen. Praise God. Dangerous. He says in the last days. Perilous times. Shall come. So the times that we are. Experiencing and witnessing. Shouldn't take Christians. By surprise. These are the perilous times. And what's interesting in this verse that I have read is that Paul is not talking necessarily about the non-Christians, he's not talking about the heads of governments or of their day like men like Herod or men like Caesar, yes, because we know what they're sold out to, he's talking to the men of God, Hallelujah. He's talking about the men in the house of God when he says that men shall be lovers of their own selves. We see that today, and it, Sister Johnson, men have changed. Hmm? Men love themselves more than women in these days, to the point where they don't even know themselves, isn't it? Yes. Men don't even know what man is. He says in these days, men will be lovers of their own selves. Man can compete with woman now. huh? When the woman is getting ready. The man is getting ready too, yes, uh, uh, huh? uh, uh. The man is competing yes. with the woman, yes. huh? Yes. Lovers. It didn't say woman is lovers of themselves, sis, mm-hmm. because that's woman's nature yes. to love herself, take care of herself, yes. huh? Yes. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. But the man's nature, really, how man, my, God made man, is to work and to think a certain way. But it's God. But the word of God says that in these last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. So when you start to see these things, you know, we are in the perilous times. We're in those perilous times because men in these times will be lovers of their own selves. Paul says they will be covetous and boasters and proud. Hmm? And that's what we see. They will be blasphemous, disobedient to parents and unthankful and unholy. You can't, you see, he's talking about the men of God or supposed to be the men who's standing for God because if they was God, then they would live holy. But he's saying that they are unholy. Hmm? Marrying and remarrying and divorcing, remarrying and divorcing. I'm proud of it. You see, in some churches in their denomination, the bishop is on his fifth wife. Some of them in America. And each wife, as he's getting older, his wife is getting younger, Sister Johnson. The wives are getting younger, and their man is getting older. Huh? I've, I remember I was watching on television. I saw this, uh, like a documentary. And it was following this young uh, minister who was in um, the Church of God in Christ, Church of God in Christ, the late Bishop um, Patterson's church. I love that preacher, Bishop Patterson. And this was a young minister, and he was being followed, and the cameras were with him. And he was still single. He was a young man, like these young men's age. And he went to the barber shop. And the way they staged it, it was all staged, because in the barbershop were all the bishops from Church of God in Christ. And he was talking about divorce and remarrying. And they said to him, young man, you don't understand what you're talking about. That's what they said to him. They said, you don't know what you're talking about. And there was one bishop that was there who was on his fourth wife. He told the young man. And he said those wife, those past wives were only, this is what he said. They were only for that season. That's what he said. They were only for that season. These with the wife he's with now. is for this season. Mm. Huh? This is how these men are explaining it to the to the young minister. And I could see the young minister just put his head down because he has to respect them. Yeah, so he's put his heads down and he didn't argue with them or nothing like that. But you can see he's considering the error in what this man is saying. But this is what Paul was saying. This is in the church. Hmm? And he's still there as a big time bishop, head, head of the church. And Paul said that they, that's why he said that in these perilous times, men will be unholy. He also says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that means they're always changing, fierce, and despisers of dolls that do good because when they see someone who is genuinely doing good it pricks the conscience if they still have it there it pricks the conscience so that's why they will despise the person or the church or the denomination or the group of saints who are doing good they will rubbish their work they will put them down they will spread bad name about them because it pricks their conscience that that is in fact what they themselves should be doing. Amen. Paul said that they would be traitors, heady and high-minded. That means they think so much of themselves. Because of the qualifications and they have the title they become high minded who are you to even talk to me like the attitude of that bishop to the young minister it's like you don't even he just said it to the young minister you don't know what you're talking about that's how he said it to the young minister you don't know what you're talking about but the young minister was saying like from the word of God what Jesus had said in his word yeah but he said, you don't know what you're talking about. That was for them past wives, was for that season. That's what the man said to him. And that's when you become so high-minded. You're, the mind is no longer on God. The mind is no longer on Christ. Hmm? Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that brings me to this point with this perilous times that we're in. We've just gone through two years of COVID. We've just gone, now going through the the government's pressures to want to put this uh, messenger RNA vaccine in people. We're now going into cost-of-living crisis. And thanks thanks to um, Joe Biden, he said the other day, we're now going to start Armageddon next. Because he was at a dinner function the other day. (laughs) And he says this is going to be Armageddon. (laughs) And the reporters, he wasn't talking to the press, He wasn't talking to the media. It wasn't an official engagement. He just said it like so, whilst at a a dinner function, that this is going to start Armageddon, right? And the reporters have gone, and they just run with that. So now people are living in that fear. But my question is, what does the house of God has to say? Hallelujah. What does the house of the Lord has to say? I'm not interested in what Professor Witty has to say. And I'm not interested in what Dr. Fauci has to say. I'm only interested in what God has to say. Hallelujah. Because it's God that I belong to. It's God who changed me. It's God who molded me. And it's to God I will return to. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. So I'm only interested in what God has to say. Hmm? Why should I be saying I'm going to trust the science? Hmm? It's like saying I'm no longer trusting God. Now science is something you put into perspective. It's like you have a car, it's like you take the train, or you go on an aeroplane, or you you go on the bus. There's a degree of trust that is gonna take you where it wants that you're gonna go. But your main trust is in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your trust isn't in the car mm-hmm. hallelujah Amen. Praise, God. praise God your trust isn't in the train that's right. your trust is in God yeah, the creator of the car the creator yes. of the train yes. the creator of everything yes. on Amen. earth yes. <coughs> yes. that's who our trust is in Amen. Amen. and when Peter said judgment must begin in the house of God. And this is why this word was so, I was wrestling with it so much. Because I know it's a word that many in the house of God are gonna reject. The majority in the kingdom is gonna reject a word like this. Because it's not itching ears. It's not crowd pleasing. It's not patting us on the back and saying, well done. It's showing the reality of where the church is at in these perilous times. Mm? And that's why I love the word of God, you know, young man. Because Paul didn't just say it's perilous times in the last day shall come and leave it like that. He goes into detail and then he describes what we're gonna start witnessing in the house of God, that are gonna be indicators that really and truly you are in perilous times because those who are in sin and in wickedness have always been in sin and in wickedness. Sodom and Gomorrah was always there, and it's still there. Hallelujah, praise God. There are districts in the world you can go to, in New York, in the UK, in central London, or in Holland, or in America, California, Los Angeles, San Francisco, there are places, even Jamaica, there are places you can go. And it's as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. So Sodom and Gomorrah, was always there and always will be there until the end of time when God brings his judgment hallelujah on all living things but Paul is saying it's when you see these signs in the house of God you will know that you are in the perilous times Hmm? he says Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So he's saying that they may look the part; you will look the part. They will look the part, sis. But in truth, they're denying God. Hmm? And I want—I—I just—I don't understand. I just. Grapple, I don't know how the conscience of some of the God's ministers are today. Hmm? Because when Dr. Chris Whitty and Boris Johnson, you remember when they was rolling this vaccine and the COVID every single day, they was on the television. And every single day, you've got all the statistics, this death, that death, this death, this country's death, that country's death. It was just rolling at the bottom of the screen constantly throughout the day. You couldn't ignore it. And I remember when they first promoted and said that they found this vaccine and why I would say vaccine in quotation marks is because you know still today the dictionary definition of a vaccine is um, a form of medication that you will take that will prevent you catching the virus and it also will prevent you from spreading the virus. So why is something that doesn't stop you from catching it and doesn't stop you from spreading it, still labeled and promoted as a vaccine? So when them men was doing these things, what really grieved me, because I expect this from the world, but what really grieved me and I'm sure God would have been grieved, was when ministers, bishops were opening the church to these men to come and tell their members that this thing is safe. I'm gonna say something that what we're seeing today across the world, in the Western world, because in Africa, where there was no mass vaccine rollout because at the end of the day they just said let them they, they didn't have enough." but remember at first they were saying that black people yes. we were the priority yes we were the the vulnerable group hmm. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates put they put together a short interview where they were saying that we were the vulnerable group and we should get it first before anybody else in the world. And there was such a backlash on social media and it just got black people just vexed because we know that these people just don't come to us and say, hey, take this. It's good for you. They just don't do it. If it is good for you, they just don't do it. And then their people are not taking it, but they want to come to your country and tell you to take it. And they got such a backlash from it that they just suddenly went quiet. Mm? But I noticed as well that after the rollout started and then many Christians were hesitant because the Holy Spirit was ministering to many Christians in many different ways. As a minister, I got phone calls left, right and centre from different Christians in different churches, different denominations, asking me "What's what do I think? Because some of them will say God warned them in a dream. Some of them will say they had a vision. Some of them will say they just don't feel right. You understand? Some people said say they just don't feel right about it. You know, the, the boss at work and colleagues are saying, the managers are saying everyone's going to have to have it if you don't have it you can't work here anymore etc etc if you don't have it you can't go to certain restaurants, if you don't have it you can't go to the cinema, if you don't have it you can't go to certain establishments in Jamaica in Grenada they went even worse Hmm? all public buildings they banned people who hadn't had it in those countries. And to see is certain churches even became vaccine centers. That's why men like Peter will say that judgment is gonna begin in the house of God. Yes. You know, for me who stands before you as the Lord's servant God expects more from me than the saint in the congregation because how can I stand before you and preach God's word and then you see me living a lego lego lifestyle God expects more a saint who's in the congregation can grapple with certain issues in their lifestyle for years and you pray with them and you encourage them and you strengthen them and God loves them. But when you stand as a minister of God, your number one requirement, the only thing, well not the only thing, but the main thing God expects from you is to be faithful to him. It's not to be faithful to the church or to people or to the community, but to be faithful to God. First. and it's times like what we've just gone through when you understand when i understand why god says that be faithful to me mm? because if i was faithful to men i would have dismissed what the holy spirit is ministering to me i would have dismissed what the word is saying to me I would have dismissed the dreams or visions God has given me and I would have followed men if I wasn't faithful to God, if I didn't believe what I believe. Hmm? And that's why Paul says, these men would have the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And all Christians, we are not gonna be judged on judgment day when you're a Christian. Yeah, let me get that right. You won't be judged on, on judgment day. You won't go through a judgment to see, to determine whether you enter heaven or not. As a born again Christian, you're saved. Your eternal salvation is secured however we will be judged according to our works hallelujah we will be judged according to our works how we live our life for god first corinthians chapter 3 paul writes to the corinthians church he says in from verse 11 for for other foundation can no man Lay that is laid, that which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds upon this foundation gold, precious stones, silver, wood, hay, stubble, you see, he's, he's talking about all these materials, gold, silver, precious stones, and precious stones is like um, diamonds and rubies. So he's, he's equating the quality of your of your heart for God to these materials and your work. He says, if you your work will be made manifest. Mm-hmm. He says, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. So every Christian's life and work will be going through what the Bible calls a refining fire. To see what quality your life was. Now that doesn't mean if I establish a mega church, with 10,000 members, that, the, that my work is going to be gold, silver, or precious stones. Because again, it depends on my heart. I could have a mega church, but I'm having a mega church because I want to be rich. I could have a mega church because I want to be famous. You know, because I want these pleasures. You know, Paul people said it already, pleasures of of life pleasures of things. So God is not talking about how we would measure work. It's from the heart. Hallelujah. There could be a simple old woman who simply is faithful to God. Hallelujah. Faithful to God. And in her community, she's a good example to everybody in her community. Her work could be a precious stone. Hallelujah. Her work could be like silver, her work could be like gold, but then there are people whose works will be like wood, Hey, and worse than that, stubble. You know what stubble is? As soon as the flame licks it, boom! That means that Christian has done nothing, said nothing, Believes nothing. Their work is like stubble. That's what the Bible says. Judgment begins in the house of God. Hallelujah. It says, Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. So every person's work is going to be tried by fire. There's no exception to it. Every believer's work and life will be tried by fire. So this is, the, this is for the saints. The unbelievers will be stand before God on a judgment day and it will be... Basically, the judgment day is just to show them why they're going to be sent to hell. That's all the judgment day is. There's none of them, because we all know the only way you're going to escape that judgment is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life no one, no one, no one, no one, no one, no imam, no pope, no one, comes to the father except by me, that's Jesus Christ, no one, yeah? So those who are outside of Christ, the the whole point of the judgment is because God is a good God and God is a God of judgment. So when they are in the lake of fire, they will know why they are in the lake of fire. That's why. It's like when a man goes to prison, yeah, and you talk to him. When you see a man, when you... For those of you, I've been in prison, you know, but not because I was serving time. I went to prison for a min under the ministry, prison ministry. And in the prison, when a man meets a man for the first time, you know the first thing he says to him? Guess what? the first thing he asks him? What are you in for? That's the first thing that a man in prison asks another man. If, I'm, if, they, if they open his cell door and bring in another man, in his cell. The first thing they say to each other is, what are you in for? That everyone there knows what they are in for. Hallelujah. And that's why God is, that's why God will judge every person. So they will know why they are separate from him for that eternity. They will know why. That's the point. The point of that judgment from God to the unsaved is not to for balance things as the different faiths believe. Like the Muslims or the Hindus, they believe everything's going to be on a scale. If you do enough good here, it's going to balance this and balance that. It's not going to work like that. Hmm? Their fate is actually already dealt with. That's why they're there. It's just for them to be made aware in their soul because their soul is their conscious, our consciousness. Their soul is who we are. It's just the whole point of the judgment day from God to the whole entire world unsaved is so that they will know why they are in the lake of fire forever. Even hell and death, read Revelation. Even hell and death is going to get thrown in the lake of fire. The lake of fire was made only for Satan and the fallen angels. That's why God put it, made it for them. But all those who fall out of his grace now, who denied him, who don't want to follow him, don't believe in him, Will be that's the place they will end up. So the whole judge, their judgment is just so that they know why they are judged. They're not there thinking, What have I done? They will know why. But for the Christian, sorry to let me continue. For the Christian, in First Corinthians 3, the same verse I was just reading from, but verse 14, Paul says. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Praise God. So for the saint who has tried their best, it might not look fantastic in man's way, in man's term, but for the saint who has struggled and gone through, and that's why, you know, don't despise a Christian who's going through hardship or challenges, or persecutions. In the black church, sometimes we got some things wrong. In the black church, as soon as somebody or a family is going through difficulties, it's like the whole church, as Sister Tracy was mentioning earlier, it's like they don't want to know them anymore. So when they're talk, talking about them behind their back, they're saying, something funny. Me know, They must have done something. You know, that's how the black church is like, yeah? And they start saying, "Boy, well, keep far from them because they may have just gone through two bereavements in three years. People start getting suspicious, dirty minds and start condemning them and saying something not right with that family, etc, etc. But when you are going through persecutions, when you're going through affliction, when you're going through difficulties and you're still holding on, that's like that going through that refining fire. Hallelujah. So when you stand before God, your work won't be burnt up Amen. by His fire but would stand, hallelujah, and shine brightly that in spite of my predicament, in spite of my lack, in spite of being made an outcast, in spite of what I am going through, I have still held on to the living God and have never turned my back from God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Paul says in verse 15 though that if any man's work shall be burned that means if it is the the wood the hay the stubble if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved hallelujah praise god yet so as by fire so so it's almost like can you imagine a believer for eternity in a place in heaven yeah knowing that they suffered loss feeling shame And I find, I think, you know, that's that's why I, I, I don't despise any believer who's going through hard times. Because it's like God refines us through struggles and challenges. If we didn't go through certain things, we wouldn't be the type of Christian we are. We wouldn't have that level of faith that you have if you didn't have to go through persecutions and yeah. afflictions. Isn't it? if everything was smooth and easy and everyone's your friend and love you whenever they see you "Ah, everything is nice and rosy Hmm? sometimes that is what makes a Christian can't even forget God because times are good I've always said you know that The devil either use sweet or sour to try and um, distract a Christian's attention from God. Sweet or sour? Sweet times, because some Christians, when they get the new car, when they get the big house, when they get the big position, you don't see them in church again. Because they're enjoying themselves. That's the sweet. And some Christians, it's when they're going through difficulties, when they're going through challenges, they say, I don't feel like it. You know, they, they want to feel condemned. They're self-condemned and they don't. So sometimes the enemy can use sweet times and he can use sour times. So for the Christian in good or in bad times, we have to be the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to have that heart, that discipline to be the same. Hallelujah. Every day, pray. Every day, read your word. Every day, say, thank you, Lord. Every day, lift up his name and give him praise. It doesn't mean if I've got holes in my trousers. It doesn't mean if I've got no shoes on my feet. I still am going to wake up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. Hallelujah, praise God. Paul knew that these perilous times shall come. That's why he wrote these words here. And he said in verse 11 that <clears throat> in the same Second Timothy chapter 3, he says in verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra. And I'm going to just stop there, just just to encourage the saints today. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle Paul writing these words, a man who knows God intimately, hallelujah. A man who's planted hundreds of churches all over southern Europe and Asia and has, and has um, built up ministers all over those churches and encouraging those churches, yet he is going through persecutions and afflictions because the world doesn't want to hear the truth. The world doesn't want to hear this truth. And and unfortunately, many churches now don't want to hear this truth. And he says that he goes through all of these things and what persecutions I have endured, but praise be to God, he says, but out of them all, the Lord has delivered me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Out of them all. The Lord has delivered him. And out of all of your persecutions, your afflictions, your difficulties and your challenges, God will deliver you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. God will deliver you. Amen. Say that Say that God will deliver me. God will deliver. Me. God will deliver me. God will deliver you hallelujah praise God some of you are going to go through the fire and have gone through your fire some have gone through the flood as the songwriter says but whether the fire or the flood God will deliver you hallelujah praise God even though we are in these perilous times God will Deliver Amen. you. Amen. He has already delivered you and he will continue Amen. to deliver you. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 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 For God Jesus. has delivered you. Fear not. Hallelujah. Fear not. For God has delivered you. Hallelujah, hallelujah! Praise God! Fair not! Fair not! Fair not! For God hallelujah. has delivered you! Hallelujah. He has done it! Hallelujah! Jesus. hallelujah. Fa- Fair not! Yes. Fair not! Yes. Fair not! Yes. For hallelujah. God has delivered you! Praise God! Hallelujah. You. Praise God! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.